0: What's up, Internet? You're tuning in to episode 10 of Nintendo Noise, Flip Screen Games' weekly Nintendo podcast. I am your host, Pete Messy. Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friends, Mr. Steven Radford. Hello. The mayor of Haken, Mr. Chuy Huerta. Hey, how's it going? Good. And joining us for the first time on this show, a very special guest, friend of the show, master of Metroid, Mr. Max Wright. Max, it's good to catch up with you, man. It's been way too long. How you doing, bud? I'm fantastic. It's good to be on, uh, be on this. I bet you're doing fantastic. We got a new Metroid oh, game, right? It's, this it's, is this is years. This, this is, is a very
1: special day. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if I could feel anything other than joy right now.
0: I would be. I'd be worried for you, frankly. <laughs> I've been trying to feel pain, and it just it just won't go in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what the cartridge? What what's not going in? <laughs> the pain okay well you know what we're gonna have to unpack that one later i guess i mean we can we can swap out metroid dread for other m
2: for you if you would prefer oh, to okay. just no, play that's... that instead man
0: no, i'm sad again <laughs> there we go there we go <laughs> Well, of course, uh, it is Metroid week uh, here on Nintendo Noise, and we had to have Max come in as the resident Metroid expert. Um, It's funny because I think when we initially talked about bringing you on to talk about this game, Max, we were like... None of us know anything about Metroid. I don't even know, like, if we're going to have, you know... I, like, I know Chewie had intended on playing it. Steve was, like, very on the fence. Who knew? And then I go away for a weekend, I come back, and all, all you guys can talk about is Metroid, so... Uh, we we're gonna have a a hell of an episode here for you talking about Metroid Dread and uh, our uh, OLED Switch impressions for those of us who have them. Um, so we got a lot to jump into. But before we do that, let me just tell you real quick that of course this episode of Nintendo Noise is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of October. They are question. I almost just said question, like as if it started with a Q. I went to Comic Con this weekend and slept very little. So. Uh, you got to forgive me on a couple of these flubs today, folks, okay? But that's, of course, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, a.k.a. that doc guy, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Waka Hula, and Zade Ida. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. Y'all are the realest of the real, and we appreciate your support keeping these mics on. All right, so we've also got some plugs to get into. Speaking of Patreon, you can give us at any you know support level you'll get access to one more thing our patreon exclusive show where steve and i get together and talk about what else is going on in our lives outside of video games uh we talked about bake off uh episode two we've been kind of doing a show within the show where we review uh what's going on on bake off slash bake show and uh, i gotta say it's been fun yeah, I'm itching to talk to you about episode three. It was it was phenomenal. I can't wait. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I got to watch it before we record tomorrow. I'm very excited. That's going to be my evening, I think. Um, but we also talked about like stand-up comedy and a couple other things. It was, it was a fun, uh, fun conversation. So even if you're not into bake-off slash bake show, uh, there's plenty of one more thing for you. Um, and of course, that's, you know, the best way to show your support, the Patreon, and you get a little bit of extra content from us, as well as a bunch of other cool, uh, perks that you can get. Like you can get access to, uh, our Twitch archive, um, you know, over on, uh, twitch.tv slash flipscreen games every Thursday. We're getting together and playing games. Uh, this past week, Steve, uh, played a little clubhouse games. Um, with a couple, of, uh, a couple of the crew. I don't want to talk about it. No, I do. I do. Really just I do though. Let's pretend I never ever spoke
2: mm. about. I never played Mancala with anyone. Now here's the thing, to. though. Steve played Mancala last week.
0: <laughs> Steve comes in. He's very, he's very hot. He thinks he's a Mancala champ. He's ready to take on Chewy. And Chewy didn't even give him the time of the day. He's like, Yeah, all right, bud. We'll get on the stream and we'll see what <laughs> happens. <laughs> Chewy didn't even need to trash talk. And from what I've seen. Steve, frankly, embarrassed himself, um, which is... A, it was
2: what, horrific. What, oh, it was horrific. 42 to 6. That's right, I lost. I think
3: that's, I'm pretty sure that's the worst score you can get. <laughs> <laughs> horrendous.
2: Absolutely horrendous. No, it's, it's, I, I genuinely think it probably is. is che- like, play style, it was... You were hoarding all the beans on your side of the board. It was not fair. Absolutely not fair. There was nothing I could do but put beans in my pot. And then we just cleared the board, and I was like, what the hell just happened? I had no <laughs> idea what happened. I'm I heard telling you guys you. talking about this last week, about that you were going to play this game, and I was like, oh yeah, I should definitely
1: look that up so that I have a frame of reference. Um, I haven't done that, so this is beans in pots, this is all going way over my head still.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you this, Max, Steve explained the game to me, and I still think it's very confusing. <laughs> but <laughs> probably easier to play than... <laughs>
2: I, I taught Doc on stream, so I think it's, it's learnable. It's fairly easy to pick up, but apparently not easy to master like Jerry has, because I thought I was haven't good done at this Steam. game.
3: It's tough. It's tough. I've got a pretty good record on that one, because I'd play online with random people, and every once in a while I'd find somebody who like knew what they were doing, and I was like, sweet, we're going to have some good games right now. <laughs> I I appreciate
0: that, like, I feel like Chewie's multiplayer persona. He's like, oh, yeah, come back to me if you find another game that you think you're good at, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It just looks like a weekly pill-like pot where you sort out your pills. It does does look like (laughs) a dog step pot. It does, yeah.
0: So, if you want to uh, learn how to help your grand get her pills all organized, maybe you should check out my <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, there's a lot of other places you can find us all around the web, but of course, the easiest way to do that is to just head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website. We've got links to our our Twitter, our discord, our email address where you can write in and be part of the question block or our main topics, uh, just like a bunch of dip- folks did this week. Um, but if you do want to write in, of course, you can hit us at questions at flipscreen.games, um, but come join the discord that's the best way to come get your thoughts in for the show keep the conversation rolling with the rest of the community Uh, it's a good group of folks it's a it's a fun safe inclusive place for you to come and talk video games so uh come and join us come have some fun so let's let's get into the main event here right what we're playing the main topic it's all the same thing it's metroid dread max you are the metroid fan right you are the guy so coming off the bench here this is Obviously, a game that's been a long time in the making. I know Metroid 5 uh, famously was announced, revealed, canceled, disappeared for forever, came back, and it's already out. So this is a resolution of a long journey for you as a fan. How do you feel about the game? Do you feel like it lived up to your, your expectations and the hype that you had for it? How are you feeling after? I know you've beaten it already, and you're already into your second run-through, so mm-hmm. that's probably a good sign. Trying
1: to, trying to get the speedruns going. Uh, can, I, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, fucking A, let's go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> to describe this game and how I feel about this game is it's basically everything I love about video games It's just a big fucking maze full of puzzles that I can get lost in, but I can do it as my favorite video game character ever, and she controls better than she's ever controlled and possibly have a world control. Like, it's, it's just so... It's like taking everything from the previous games, all of the quality of life stuff, all of the sort of improvements, everything they did with Sam's Returns, and then improving on it even more, putting it in this gigantic world and making it, you know, feel at home again. You know, it feels like playing Metroid, because it literally is. Uh And it's just, you know, like you say, it was cancelled those years ago, and it's always just been one of those, like, oh, maybe it will happen one day. Every single director in, like, 2008 onwards, I was like, or not even direct, like, E3, I was like... Maybe they'll do it, maybe they'll do it, and they never did. But here we are, living the dream. And honestly, what is better than having the game and enjoying the game is seeing everyone else's reaction to the game. Like, I know that Steve had never, you know, we talked before about how Steve hadn't played the games, and now here he is, you know, he's finished it, and he loves it, and he clearly wants to talk about yeah. it, and, you know, you've picked set up, Pete.
2: I was so dead against picking this game up and trying it, and I, I've been for, like, months talking about how I don't like Metroidvanias, they're not for me blah de blah blah and then I ended up cancelling my Far Cry 6 pre-order just so I could play this game because nice. I saw the reviews coming out. We also spoke to Nintendo last week, heard about how good this game actually is, and I was like, I really, really need to play this, and it was definitely the right decision. Definitely.
1: It's right interesting decision. what Richard was saying last week about um, when he was saying, oh, yeah, I was one of those people, I didn't like Metrovanias, and then he played Ori, and he was like, oh, actually, I really like this. And then his review of this was like a 9.5 out of 10. So he obviously really loved this game. And I think it's, you know, on my second playthrough, I don't know if you guys have have felt this as newcomers, that it does do a very good job of easing you into some of the concepts. Like, um, you know, it it gives you time to pause and learn your moves. And the opening level sort of shows you, okay, here, this is how you slide. This is how you fire a rocket. This is how you do X, Y, Z. Um, And then, you know, slowly you start picking up powers and more and more and more. And then by the end of it, without even realising it, you've gone from being you know fairly weak at the start in comparison to this absolute machine of death just yeah. rolling around, carving through enemies, like barely getting hit. And it's, it's nice the way that it does that and it eases you in even from the very, very beginning of the game and there's not like a massive jump in power all of a sudden. You're just constantly getting better and better.
3: Yeah, I- I'd say from my like initial experience with it too. I definitely relate to that. I played Super Metroid over the summer cuz I was like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's see what this Metroid stuff's all about. I yeah, hmm, I ran into some issues where I was just like, man, I can tell this game is a little old. But it's <laughs> really great, but it's definitely got some things that can be like cleaned up and mm-hmm. and everything. So, this game like immediately it just felt like oh this is what i wanted super metroid to feel like when i was playing so that was nice but then on top of that it was like i I ran into a lot of walls in super metroid where i was just like "Uh, well now i don't know what to do let's just run around and see and i'd spend a lot of time doing that a lot more frequently in that game than in dread and i feel like as far as like progression goes it feels like a lot more um i guess it, it just feels like they got it right with <laughs> dread in the sense of like i haven't felt like i've slowed down really dramatically until maybe the past few hours right now <laughs> as i'm running around but mm. but it took a lot longer for me to get to that point than you know super metroid did
2: I i um had like a similar thought process but I sort of had negative connotations at the beginning. I felt the game was funneling me a little bit too much. So much so that I mm. kind of felt it was a little bit linear. Because right at the beginning of the game, it sort of magically blocks off areas where you can't go back to. And I was like, there's no real explanation as to how those areas got blocked off. But it clearly wants me to go in this direction. But there's like a turning point in the game. And a, there's there's no real like, here is where you kind of let loose and do what you want. but it's. It no longer seems to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It kind of it gives you the the new power up, and then it's up to you to figure out where to go with that. Whereas at the beginning, like the first three power ups, it's now you need to go into the next area. Now you need yeah. to go into the next area, um, yeah. which I quite liked. It was like you're learning all of this stuff, you're get, gathering the experience, and then it's like right, you're free to now go and explore. Especially once, especially once you've got like three or four of the zones, and you can just go back and forth between them all.
0: I think um, yeah. so I, I've played the least of the game by a lot. So I know, Steve, you've beaten it. Chewy, you're probably about maybe halfway through it, it sounds like. Um, I, I would guess, yeah. Yeah, because you're what, four or five hours in?
3: Mm, yeah, I would say so.
0: Okay. And I, I'm i probably just over an hour. Like I um, I know we were talking about setting it by landmarks, so I looked at my thing. The last thing I did was get the charge beam. Um and I've done oh, some okay, exploring yeah, yeah, yeah. since then. So I'm still I'm still very uh, very, very mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game. Um mm-hmm. I just started it up earlier today. Like I said, I was away from New York Comic Con, had my beautiful OLED switch show up for me on Friday while I was already in New York. Um and you know, um so that that was a bummer. Uh but I have gotten Does anyone not get a white OLED switch at this
2: point? I've only seen pictures of white ones. I don't think the neon one actually exists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those of you who are listening on audio, uh, both Max and I showed up our LLN switches and Chewie pulled out his Wii U gamepad. <laughs>
1: that's the uh, that's the CRT switch, isn't it? The yes, yes, of it. course, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'd buy the CRT switch. That's, pretty, that's a great idea.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I literally just pulled that out yesterday because I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to do some stuff with the Wii U later, so I might as well set it
0: up. <laughs> I really thought you were going to be like, you know what? I'm going to use this to troll the guys later. I better pull this out.
3: <laughs> is this is a bit. He just was like, oh,
0: this is going to be amazing. <laughs> um, um, what you guys, what you were saying just
1: then, sorry, Pete, were you still going to, did you still have a point? Yeah,
0: sorry. I, I was go on, go establishing on. how far I had gotten to to make a point because I think in that early part of the game that I'm still in, um, I I had a moment just before I, I sat down to get ready to play here, or I'm sorry, record here and stop playing, um, where I felt like the rhythm of the game was clicking for me. And that's always the thing that turns me off from Metroidvanias. You know, Steve and I have talked about, about them a lot in the lead up to Metroid Dread. And I feel like I always end up hitting that point that Chewie's talking about very early on, where it's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it I get like... A bit of a, a bit of like um, I don't know. I guess like anxiety about it because I have that thought of like, well, I want to go everywhere and I want to make sure I'm exploring every nook and cranny and getting every collectible and everything as I'm progressing, so I'm not you know missing things. And there's a term for that. Uh, uh, that's the problem. Bigger, you
2: you, you can't in a metroidvania right you can't get every collectible as you go exactly you need to get the power-ups to come back yeah, later around and, round.
1: and yeah. i choice think paralysis that's what it kind of feels like yes. Right. choice paralysis of like i've got too many things to do mm-hmm.
0: yeah totally i think that's exactly it max and and i think that like coupled with it being 2d environments that i'm exploring um it leads to this sense of like just getting lost and feeling like confused and it you know will either turn me off to a game or it'll like limit how often I feel like picking it up and then I kind of just lose momentum on it, right? Like, that's what happened to me with Hollow Knight. Like, I was enjoying it, but it was like oh yeah like this is really like a thinking man's game and if i'm tired or whatever and i don't feel like playing it i'll rather just play a platformer right where i can just focus Mm -hmm. on the mechanics of it not being like where am i on the map and where should i be going Mm -hmm. um whereas something i'm really appreciating with dread is that in in this you know kind of preamble while, while it's teaching me to play i am feeling like it's funneling me from section to section but it's not telling me we'll go here it's like no you're in this section now how do i get whatever i I need to get here and escape and mm-hmm. having that that added pressure of you know the emmy areas which at first i really was like oh i don't like this like this is like it's it's stressful and it's making me feel like i can't explore the environment and it's making me feel like i just want to get out of here as soon as possible but then i was like oh right that's that's this is the point of this is to force yeah. me so, yeah. to so frantically that's, get that's to the, the next place mm-hmm.
2: that's the initial feeling i had which was Oh, the Emmy's coming towards me. This is really scary. These are horrible. They're going to take me down. As the game progressed, I got more and more and more annoyed with them to the point where I was just like, I'm just going to run through this and hope that the Emmy spawns in a different place. Because it was like, it's really luck of the drawers. If I walk in here, is the Emmy right there? Or is the Emmy in another room in this zone? And it was tedious. I didn't like them. They will, They really slowed the pace of the game down. The fact that you can't really combat them, it's just random as to whether you hit X in time or not. And then you get a game over screen. No, then you get that stupid cutscene, then you get the game over screen, then you have to load back in, and then you're right back at the start mm-hmm. of the Emmy zone. And it's like, all I wanted to do was get through this so I can go to the door that I need to go and unlock. And okay. I just found that was the one thing about this game I actively disliked were the Emmy zones. My issue with the Emmy
1: zones wasn't specifically just the Emmy, obviously, but they were quite annoying. And there was one in particular where um, it was like a water area, and I and I knew I didn't, I couldn't move in water, and it was much faster than be. I was like, right, I need to get here, here. I think it took me about twelve attempts to get to where I needed to go. But it's not the actual Emmy being there because that's you know temporary. It's when you defeat the Emmy, and then it's sort of like this big kind of almost pointless spell in the bit middle of the map of every map. Well, there might be a few power-ups, yeah. but because it's essentially the room is designed for you to run round, die, hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like basically yeah, like a little obstacle course for you and the Emmy to both go on. So you can try and lose it. But once you defeat the Emmy, you've then got this big empty, you know, space that then takes up a large portion of the map. That really, there's not a lot to do in there. There's a few secrets in there and stuff, but it's, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same environment you know, from a design standpoint. Um, and I think you know when I look at the map, I'm like, wow, that's quite a big area for each level but actually if you were to take out that that emmy zone in the middle it would be a lot smaller Um uh, which i think is why i was able to finish the game like 100% quite quickly because i knew that large portions of this map weren't going to have secrets in because it was the emmy zone so they're not sure. going to sort of hide a bunch of stuff in mm-hmm.
2: there um, yeah, I think yeah. there's a saying. couple in the emmy zones though there are no, a few, in the a few. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah but there's not like it's not, it's not as dense as it is in some of the other yeah. areas because they're quite open whereas the, the other ones are a lot of corridors aren't they um mm-hmm. it's interesting mm-hmm. what you said to me about the you know like the interesting uh, the opening of the game funneling you sort of pushing you gently towards it because that's how i felt even playing a second time and i've said this a couple of times now that um the opening of the or the you know first half of the game sort of feels like fusion in that you are going from sort of point to point talking to adam He's saying, oh, yeah, you've done this, now you can go here. And then there's a point halfway through the game where it sort of starts to ease off a bit and you do start to explore more and it becomes yeah. more like Super Metroid when you become more powerful and then you're like, right, you know, I'm not moving between Emmy zones. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have to avoid these certain areas. I can just go and explore and do whatever I want. And that's when it sort of becomes less like Metro Fusion, more like Super Metroid, where you can just go and explore and look around, even more so than like that's- Zero Mission, which was still
2: quite confined. That's when I really started to like the game. Um, I'm curious, Max, did you see the sequence breaking stuff that was floating around on, on Twitter? Have I, you so I, with any of that before?
1: I have. So, so I've sequence breaked in uh, sequence breaks broken, sequence br- broke, sequence. Help me out Sequence sequence, break. Broke. Uh, sequence broke. A sequence broke. I used to sequence break a lot in like Zero Emission. I used to, like, when I was younger, I used to sit for ages, like not looking up other people's sequence breaks, but trying to find my own. There was one, it's like it, it's like a half an hour of gameplay time it took me to just get the, well, as soon as I got the, the morph ball and the bombs to get the various suit early in um, Zero mission, And it, it adds, you know, more time than it actually takes off. But the fact that I was able to do that just through like bomb jumping, wall jumping, all that stuff was quite impressive. So when I started playing this game, and I was like, oh, you can do infinite bomb jumping. Oh, you can do you know uh, shine sparking Oh, there's wall jumping i was like this is going to get interesting but there's actually a lot more than i even thought i've seen some of the stuff on twitter where some of the speed boost people are doing and they're they're speed boosting into a wall and then bouncing off the wall and keeping the speed boost and i was like that would have made the puzzle so much easier because i'm like right where can i stop and shine spark and then where's a slope that i can start my shine spark back into a speed booster but all you need to do is just run into a wall and bounce off it i was like oh it's so simple so I think some of this stuff is going to be really easy. There was a boss battle that I went back to find an item in that area. Um, got to the boss battle and was like, oh, my um you know, you know, the where where it shows all the block the break blocks that you just got chewy. I was like, well there's a that's showing something over there. I went over there and there was like a little bomb. And a, a, like a like a speed booster that sends the ball out. And I was like, that would kill the boss in like one hit. And I was like, can I could I have done that? But actually the bombs come after that boss battle. So I was like, well obviously there there's an intended sequence break there. To get the bombs early to do that boss trick, I was yeah. like, "Well, there must be loads of them just dotted around the game that I don't know about or that people haven't found yet." And that's what's exciting is that we're just getting our hands on this game. And there's already like a spreadsheet I've seen of people like trying to keep track of all this, this sequence breaks, trying to try like, "Oh yeah, I've got a theory that this might work." And there's like ten people working on it at once, and it's quite exciting to see. I'd like to get involved in that, but I'd like to learn the game myself first before I start picking up other people's sequence breaks. Basically, yeah.
2: Doesn't that just show how? in tune the developers are this time to the metroid fan base though that they've put those in on purpose and that there are specific like ways you can defeat bosses early if you've managed to get these power-ups early which obviously yeah. the game doesn't intend you to do
1: but yeah they've obviously i don't know if they've just built things in or they've they've as they're playing the game gone oh actually you can actually get here early and they've gone keep it in just keep it in you know but it was almost like an easter egg i guess where it goes i'll oh, put you know not, when they've done that let's reward them with something which is good i mean i know that that was they couldn't really do that in um sam's returns because of the way it was based on metroid 2 and it was very much a, you stay in this area you kill the five Metroids, then you move on it wasn't like a big interconnected world it was eventually but you know it was very much finish here move on finish here move on finish here move on but now they've had a chance to create something from scratch and they can really just let loose and, and have a lot of fun with it and they clearly have
3: yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I uh, I actually think the last power up I got might have been a sequence break because I definitely played around with like the bomb trick and bouncing myself off oh, really? to get to a certain area. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I got it the way, you know, people would normally get it. Probably so. why
2: you're, you're a bit lost then. Might oh, be. <laughs> I'm so lost.
3: I'm
0: so lost right now. Yeah. You're probably <laughs> like, like, you probably different. opened a bunch of stuff you weren't supposed to, and you're just like <laughs> ending up in the wrong order. yeah uh,
3: and luckily the area that it did take me to i was like oh i have no way out of here except for like back so i was able to just go back and get back to wherever i was but now i'm just like i don't know what i'm supposed to do i think, I think what's good about King, also, sorry, go also i was
0: i was gonna just say real quick i think something that that i noticed right away too is i really like the map i feel like the map is very hmm. very like it's very well coded you know, like I, I so well coded. That's yeah. the thing I also don't usually like about Metroidvanias is how much I have to be like, I don't know where I am. Let me look at the map and and try to orient myself in this space. But I feel like all of the like different color codings, there's like sc- like symbols that are being used over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm like un- starting to understand the the visual language of the map already, and, and you can
1: recognize rooms by the shape of them, whereas usually yes. it's just
0: a square. Right, exactly, and and like I. Like, I found, like, when I get to the Emmy zones, the first thing I'm doing is pausing and, tr- and trying to, like, scan and be like, okay, I need to go up into the left. Next room. Mm-hmm. Stop. Where do I have to go? Okay. And, like, that normally is something that turns me off. But I think because the map is so simple and digestible, it I don't feel like I'm having to sit and scan. Or not, I guess, scan. Mm-hmm. Sit and, like, really drink it in. I can just kind of glance at it, get the information I need, and then get back into the action, you know?
1: Towards the end of the game, I was... Oh, <laughs> I was going to say,
2: towards the end of the game, I was... I was going to say, the other thing I like about the map is you click left on the D-pad and it just gets bigger for a little second. And yeah. you can then just quickly orient orient yourself, especially in the Emmy Zones, where you want to see where that red dot is, if it's coming yeah. towards you, if it's going away from you. Just make it stand still so you're not doing any movement and not making any noise. Make it a little bit bigger, and then it just it goes away when when you don't want it around. It it, it works really really well.
0: I, I have a question can... for for you guys about Emmy. When you're, or I'm sorry, Max, did you have another point about the map before you move on? I was I was, was going to say about the Emmy, but you, you do your. Okay, cool. Well, this will right, probably right, right. yeah transition well then. Um, when when you get to an Emmy zone, like, did you find yourself? Playing stealthily at any point, like quietly trying to move around, or was it always no. just like running and gunning?
2: I I went I mean, in guns blazing, and then if I if he was coming near to me and like it was going yellow, I would then uh, go stealthy. Yeah, you'd like cling to the ceiling or you'd hide in a corner. I like the little um, the little yeah. ball holes where you
1: ball holes where you yeah. just like hop in, turn invisible, and then like he just like he's like sniffing at you, and you're just like nope, I'm fine, I'm safe here. <laughs> but then as soon as as soon as you then move again. If he catches on to you and you've not got a full Aeon bar, you're like, okay, cool, this this is it for me. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I think the Emmy zones, I'm at one that's probably one of the more annoying ones that I've found. And it's just like, I don't know if it's just going to be in the way right when I walk in. It's a yellow one. It's really fast. uh, Oh, yeah. just really chases you all over the place. That one, with some of the powers that I've gotten at this point... I think I've been having more fun with that one, funny enough, because I've hit that point with the Emmys where I'm just like, oh, why'd you spawn here? Just kill me. Let me try this again. Hopefully I can get through. But with some of the stuff that I have now, I'm just like, oh, it's kind of fun dodging through and getting away from these things and then Mm -hmm. going invisible for a bit. And, you know, there's a lot of tools that I think I'm playing with a lot more that I haven't so much in the rest of the zones, but cool. now that I'm like seeing that, I'm like, oh, I can do some funky things with these powers here. I'm glad <laughs> to hear the that. Rest of the world.
0: Yeah, cause, yeah. Cause that was something that I, I think um, <clears throat> the last one, the last zone I got into, I, get, I think it's the second or third one I've seen overall so far. Um, I felt like it was laid out in a way where it was easier to play stealthily and to like be quiet and wait for them to pass by and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and I liked that more because the the thing that I think each of you have mentioned once that was the thing the first thing that I didn't like about the game um, was where I, the first I think the the not the first Emmy zone that's the tutorial but the first one you get to naturally The white one the white Emmy yeah. yes yeah the white one. Um, I had like multiple times where i I died and then would come in the door and it was just at the door scanning at the door and it seems it
2: seems so unfair right it's like this is just it's punishing me for for just playing the game and that's the that like i said that's the one thing i actively disliked about it was the the spawning and i think that could be tweaked if they made it so it spawned a little bit further away from the door and it, it didn't randomly spawn right there it would feel a little bit a little bit fairer
0: i think even if it was sometimes it spawned there like i don't know like if it was like a dark souls-esque thing where like i ran in for the first time and i just immediately die and i'm like oh this is an emmy zone now i know that time to learn yeah yeah yeah. that would be okay but it's like when i and, and this is another thing about them that i i didn't like was that like every time you die um, I totally get that like a big a big thing in a lot of Metroidvanias is having like save points rather than because if you save in every single room, then there's like, you know, the sense of progression is going to get messed up. Fair enough. But in the Emmy zones, I feel like uh I would have a run where I would get really far and then I would know where I had to go. But then I'm dead and I don't have the map. So, I have to like muscle memory my way back there. (laughs) And I had that happen where I had, I got to that zone, I made it really close, and I was like, okay, I know exactly where I gotta go. I got this. And then he spawned in front of the fucking door five times, and I was like, I don't remember the order now. I have to Uh figure this out again. And like, that frustrated me because I felt like, Mm -hmm. oh, I know where I'm going. Like, I'm getting this, I'm digging it. And then it was like, fuck you, you don't know. And mm-hmm. I really, like, killed my momentum for a second there. And it was annoying because I literally, like, the last time it happened where they spawned in front of the door, I was like, I literally was like, fucking come on! Like, come on! And then it <laughs> spawned somewhere else, and I walked through the entire zone without even seeing it, you know? And I was like, somewhere between those two things would be I great. Like beating a,
1: it's like beating a boss in Dark Souls where he's like, dead, 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 dead. And then the last time you do it, you're like, he didn't even touch me. What's yeah, I just one
0: shot at him somehow. I f- kicked him <laughs> yeah. off a ledge. Like, you know, something weird like that like it just felt like uh it felt like the game could tell i was mad and threw me a bone
1: (laughs) it heard you it heard you screaming Um, i think the Emmys do a good job of like being like an anchor for like at any point in the game where um like where chewy you know he's quite lost right now he's got a new item he knows what he needs to do however you know you always know in the back of your mind okay i know what emmy i'm on so i know that if i go back there i can get an idea of maybe what where i'm supposed to go from that zone and i think that also helps like you said like Trey also said how now that he has more abilities he feels like he can have more fun with the me you know you can dash around them you can be you know hide from them jump around them and do all of these things and i think that the more items you get i think it's, it's a good uh, analogy for all like you know the whole genre or metroid in general i guess is that you become more powerful and then and then you can feel that and because you're fighting an enemy that's always as dangerous as, as the first enemy you fight you feel yourself getting better And you feel yourself being more powerful because now you're like, oh I'm just gonna jump away from you then, oh I'm just gonna run and hide. Oh I don't have to worry about you as much as I did before because now I'm more powerful and you're just as powerful as you always were. And it's easy, I think like they are annoying, but by the end of the game, you feel like, oh yeah, I can take that I can take that.
0: Yeah, which I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having more tools to use against them and and Mm. feel like a little bit less powerless because I like that it's giving me that oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Mm -hmm. you know what though i i I kind of feel like
2: you always feel powerless the blue one in particular max like there's you all always always the the timing has to be perfect on shooting that and then yeah that was
1: that was really like that was more stressful i think than trying to get through the zone to me was like i need to find a a stretch of room long enough that i can aim my bean destroy its face and then get go somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) And then get the shot on it because, like, there were times where I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna break its face. I'm gonna break its face, and I was like, No, I'm not. And I just had to like just sprint and dash, and it was like coming after me. Or when you finally take its face off, and then you're it's now much faster, so you're like, Okay, I just need to do the same thing again. But because he's just absolutely gunning for you, you're like, Okay, right, I need to be much quicker than this, I need to be much faster.
0: Yeah, I feel like if that parry was like a, a hair more forgiving, it would be less frustrating. But and I don't think it would
1: remove the it. tension. It's very good when you get it.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm sure it does. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like the parry mechanic in general. I like, I like. They are very much like you have a 99 percent chance of dying. It's like if it was like a 90 percent chance. I feel like I feel <laughs> yes. like I feel like I need like a half a second more. You know,
3: like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think it
2: was Christian I was talking with on Twitter about it. Um, one of our Patreon producers, and he was saying if it was like half the length of like a normal enemy, you'd still get the sense that while the Emmy are so fucking powerful and fast, you'd still have that chance to knock them out sure, and not, and and then not disrupt the flow of the game because that's all it really does is it just kicks you back to the start of the Emmy zone and it's just an annoyance. It's mm-hmm. so, I think it's trying to force you to to play a little bit stealthily, to hide and, and be a little bit more calculated, which maybe think, is what you're meant to do in, like, the boss battles, and that's what it's trying to train you to do.
3: And I do think, to some extent, like, it's also trying to teach you to recognize the Emmy sequences. Cause I do notice like it cuts into that cutscene and they have, I think I've noticed like two or three distinct, like different angles that the Emmy is viewing you from. And I'm like, Oh, I think there's like a certain timing attributed to each of these. And like, once you learn them, you probably have an easier time getting that block. Cause I've been getting a lot more successful at doing the block and you parrying and just getting out of the way. But it's definitely still really difficult. I miss it most of the time, but right. I do get it a lot more now. And I'm just like, oh, I think I'm just trying to learn recognizing what cutscene is this? What's the timing associated with this cutscene? And how can I I'd hopefully so get out ki- so I don't start over?
2: <laughs> I'd be so curious to know if that's true because I was at the beginning, I was counting seconds. And like mm-hmm. seeing it exactly when it would hit and it was seemingly random based mm-hmm. on what it was, but I didn't discern that it was different cutscenes and things, so I would be very curious if the timing mm-hmm. is is yeah. set there's, to us. This one I'm casing. way
3: better at responding to because it's like I think it's like the Emmy has one hand up and like charging up and I'm like that one I can get more often than any of the others. Interesting. By the end of the week there'll be a full list of the timings and Oh for sure. We'll be <laughs> <Yeah.
1: expert. laughs>
0: I love the idea of like somebody is like going in frame by frame and they're like, "Okay, you need to stop watching it exactly this second. (laughs) And here's the home button. As soon as they go to the end, they're like, right, I'm pretty sure it was facing this with one arm up. Okay, scroll through the spreadsheet. All right. Count to three. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right, so let's jump into some questions from the listeners uh, about this, because we've we've still got a lot of Metroid conversation to go here. So this one comes from Wakahula, one of our Patreon producers, who wrote in and said, After playing Metroid Dread for a few days now, how would you rank it in terms of difficulty compared to some other contemporary Metroidvanias like Ori, Hollow Knight, or Dead Cells? What do you think, Max?
1: I don't think Ori is hard in terms of actual difficulty. I think Ori is, by design, a trial-and-error platformer. Um, so I think Ori will maybe part of that conversation because you're supposed to just die over and over and over again till you till you get it, right? But I think compared to Hollow Knight, I think Hollow Knight's sort of harder in the fact that death has more of a consequence than Metroid does, Metroid Dread does. Mm. In Hollow Knight, like Dark Souls, you die, you lose your, your currency. And it you know, it is it does have that you know, the bosses are very hard and there's a lot of optional bosses. Um and, you know, you can sequence break much more obviously and get into harder bosses. Um, I think the difficulty in Dread is is more the, the random spawning of the Emmys. So I think I'd say Hollow Knight's probably harder, you know, from a skill-based thing. But I think if we're talking, like, luck-based, um, Metro Dread's probably harder just because of the <laughs> Emmy. Like you said, the Emmy spawning,
2: the the yeah. small window of opportunity you have. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, Steve, have you played... That. I really want to play Hollow Knight. I played like yes. 10, I, I played like 2 hours of that game. I got to the first boss and I kept losing all my currency and I was like fuck this. I'm out of this game. This is too hard. <laughs> it's not for me. I don't like this at all. Um but now having played Metroid Dread, I've got a bit of a taste for learning those boss battles. I hated
1: like
2: I thought Metroid Dread was extremely difficult. It took me uh, about 12 hours to finish the game, compared to, Eight. I've seen times of around 7 for most people. Mm. Um, that did involve me going back and spending an hour and a half looking for more energy after I tried the boss battle to begin with. I went in with 7 canisters, I ended up coming back with 9. What's um, Ultimately... That
1: 10, maximum?
2: Uh, 12, I think. 12, okay. Ultimately, I didn't need them, Um i I be him with like six energy canisters left. Oh, wow. I just wasn't learning the battle well enough. Um, and that's all these battles are about. And I think it's kind of soulsy in that regard in that it is just learning the moves and learning how, learning what the next animation is going to be. Uh, and yeah, I think if you plans, do right? that, I yeah, I could see the next playthrough me just blasting through it because those bosses, I'm going to know exactly what they're going to do at any given time.
1: So I, um, it's something I like with Metroid games anyway, in, in like, you know, by the end you're super powerful, you're just running through the old areas, creaming through enemies, whatever. And that translates very well into Dark Souls as well, where whenever I've beaten a, a Souls game, whether it be Sekiro or Bloodborne or, or Dark Souls, I finish the game and immediately start New Game Plus and then just start speedrunning. Like now I've now I've unlocked the game in my head and I'm also, you know, a bit more powerful because you're playing a New Game Plus, I would just run to the first boss and I know that first boss will. have smash me like a hundred times at the start of the game and I just do it first time, I'm like yes this feels good and then you just like, by the time you realise it you're like four bosses in and you've learnt the game and you know all their patterns and you're like yeah whatever parry, kill, <laughs> dodge, whatever and it's just like like in the Matrix when he's like I know Kung Fu, You, it just clicks and yeah I think that's going to happen with, happens with these bosses as well where something just clicks and you just, you
2: just go through I hope so, I could not believe when it said hard mode now unlocked after I finished the game and I was like <laughs> That was not hard. Like, that was ridiculously <laughs> hard for me.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna learn the game on normal mode. I'm gonna do like a speed run or a couple of playthroughs, and then I'm gonna try hard mode. I think. Um, but for Hollow Knight, I reckon you should start delete your save file in Hollow Knight. Start from the beginning, so you have like a fresh idea of it, and you're not tainted by. You know, you're not you're not in there like, where am I? Where am I supposed to go? And I reckon yeah. you're gonna have a I never time left. Is game. it
2: Hollow Nest? I never left there. Yeah. Never yeah. Got it. First boss, but is it
1: the big knight with the with the mace? That's the first boss, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I can hear his
3: music. I'll have head. to play it. I I have it, but I haven't played it yet. I decided. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't have much experience with Metroidvania, so I'm going to start with like Super Metroid before I assume Hollow Knight ruins them for me. So <laughs> <laughs> if I do, if I do one thing with my time here. And, uh, and I convinced at least one of
1: you to play Hollow Knight. I'd have done my job. I convinced one of you to play Super to play Metroid Dread. You know, just through just through sheer just force of will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I, I fought it so hard that Steve did it.
2: One thing we haven't spoke about, and I know it's known the questions, piece, So sorry for breaking the whole format of this show. But think, I'm man? curious, Max and Chewy as well, because I guess you're in the middle of playing Super Metroid. What do you think about the presentation of this game? Because obviously it's not quite 2D, not quite three D. There are a lot of three D cutscenes, there are a lot of areas where it changes perspective, it like zooms out, it kind of it can switch into like sort of a like a a forty-five degree angle when you're aiming at the Emmys and things like that. What? Well, how do you feel about that? Because I quite liked that it gave me that sense of wow, this is a a vast kind of open space when it like zooms out pans out and you know you're into the next zone and it's like this is really really cool i i liked it and i don't think i kind of want to go back to a a full 2d Mm. game now i think chewie probably has the best frame of reference
1: here having come from you know super metroid straight into metroid dread you've probably seen the the massive amount of change right
3: yeah for sure i think I mean, Super Metroid definitely had a lot of surprises for me. Like, it has like little cutscenes and stuff. And I was like, oh, dang, this is on the Super Nintendo. That's pretty cool. Good job. <laughs> but like going into Metroid Dread, there, uh, I'm, this is not going to be a spoiler, but there is a moment in that like first cutscene where I was just like, is this going to be like third person, surprisingly, <laughs> or first person uh, in one point? And I was just like, man, I really want to play Metroid Prime now. This looks great. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, visually, I think it's so good. It's so, um, it's like I was saying, like, I played Super Metroid. I could tell it was old. Still really great game, but, like, just everything has been updated in a way that it's, like, exactly what the series needed, especially for at least, like, you know, what's going to be the end of this story arc or whatever, so... Oh, I don't yeah. think
2: it's the end at all.
3: I mean, I who think. knows? I hope <laughs> it it's not the end. I want another one of these. Like, 15 more years, yeah. Steve. Don't worry about it. Now
0: you're a Metroid fan, part of that is suffering. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the good, is. Is,
2: yeah, but the welcome good welcome thing is... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, but I'm, I'm well in there, Max. But the good thing is I've got four four more of these I can play now exactly. that I haven't played before. All so all the Prime games that you haven't played yet. Yeah, and really, all the Prime yeah. games, which yeah, I'll, I'll say, definitely uh, play on a legitimate system.
3: And the other good thing is, my guess is this one's probably already outsold all of those combined, so...
1: In the UK, it's sort of been, uh, whoever, is game business, the guy that, that runs that, uh, gameindustry.biz rather, has been sort of tweeting all day about the stats that this is like, it's outsold, um, already outsold Samus Returns in the UK, it's already had the best um, debut of any Metroid game in the UK, that's just physical, no, not, no digital included. So this is obviously done big for that for nintendo and for just well, big in terms of metroid mm-hmm. but i also think um that was down to a massive marketing campaign and you know hopefully that that translates into good sales and hopefully you know it has its yeah. uh fire emblem awakening moment where nintendo go oh this is a game we need to this is a series we need to put more attention to obviously yeah. we already know metro prime 4 is coming but if they go oh, mercury steam why don't you just do another 2d metroid but if, if it's not a sequel then it's it's something you know if they want to do something else, or they want to... Uh,
2: but even like Samus Returns on the Switch, I'd take that. Mm-hmm. Like At this point, it's mm-hmm. you've already made the game, just, you know, upscale it and add the menu system that you've done yeah. for Dread.
0: Change the put controls it all together around in a,
1: so
2: it's like the, yeah. the controls,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. um, in uh, a nice
1: on a 3DS, <laughs> Yeah. So hop back into the presentation thing. I think a lot of what I like about, you know, Super Metroid Fusion, all these Metroid games before, is the sense of immersion you get from you know they're they're quite atmospheric and you're sort of lost in these worlds and i think having that whole like chopping and changing camera gives you giving you a sense of scale just adds another layer to it almost like the 3d did in samus returns right you could see into the background of these like you know the glistening cavern or like the 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 um oh yeah the water areas you could see things in, in the background in the 3d moving and because it was in 3d 3d effects you could sort of see things you know, and at some was, points, that, that was, like
2: in the in the foreground, right? There's that yeah. one cool time I don't want to spoil, where it's like it's in the foreground, and then it like sort of moves into the, kind of the the play plane. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, so in dread, they they have that in the way that they move the camera around. So when you're like, there's an example that was posted on Twitter earlier that is, there's one of the sort of the the, the stations, the tram stations. You know the uh, tram. What would you call that? Like a subway? I don't know. There's one of those where like you are going outside for a second and there's like a bit where you, you can just stand there and the camera's zoomed out and you can just see like this big ocean behind you and there's obviously like you know the, the the planet behind you and you can see it all and because it's zoomed out and you can see it all you really get a sense of scale and like, a sense of awe that you didn't really get before i guess uh, yeah super metroid so where it doesn't have well, sorry where it also has the the sort of atmospheric loneliness that super metroid has it also now has this ability to show you more than it could show you before and i think that's great i think it it it, not to jump ahead for questions but it really does lend to the question of is this worth the price it's worth you know
0: what a transition max what a professional all right so uh this one's gonna we're we're gonna jump into this this uh series of questions uh from uh, one of our patreon producers gabriel hasselmeyer aka asobi who wrote in and said first of all i really hope we get a spoiler cast later on too there's a lot to talk about here Maybe so. We'll have to have Max back. No, i do, tell yeah, you yeah. That. I, mean, I think
1: I, when, you, I, when everyone's finished
0: it, I
2: I kind of feel like I need to go back and learn about the history of Metroid as well because I have so many so many questions about the Trozo and all of this stuff. Like you know, some of the moments that you would have seen. Oh Steve, really, Steve? I thought the story was, was like... bad,
0: huh? Isn't that what you said? Oh, is that I what you famously Metroid said?
2: Fusion, and the story, at the beginning of Metroid Fusion is, I, I still think terrible if you don't know anything about metroid well there we go Just, there yeah. we go
1: why would you start at number four and go oh, yeah right he's really, like oh why are holding my hand
0: it's, it's really terrible if you come into the fourth game in the series and you don't know anything it doesn't it's very confusing you know uh like, return of the Jesus jedi stars, terrible movie <laughs> Who even is Luke Skywalker? Okay, like I
2: started Star Wars on Episode Four, and that's the right place to start. Son Don't of a start bitch! Episode All right. One, right?
0: All right, that's enough. That's enough you out of the peanut are... gallery. <laughs> I think
1: um, there's there's moments that that you would have you know enjoyed, Steve. That for me, I was
2: like, oh my god, because obviously I've seen these yeah i know there's a few moments everyone was freaking out about it all in the discord there's a whole spoiler uh... thread over there um everyone through that losing their minds over certain aspects
0: (laughs) i I died specifically during a boss battle so i could go back and watch the cutscene again (laughs) (laughs) true dedication (laughs) anyway so here uh soby's well here's the thing though soby all right four questions four you have a patented three question system sir so I'm tabling question number one for right now, okay? We're going right into yeah, question we, number two. This is yeah, insane. It's insane and absurd that you, th- you think you could just throw out. Four, okay? Three. It's a three-question system. Number two, what was your personal favorite moment so far while playing the game? I, I don't think we can that. talk about it, right? No I one can talk about it. We can,
1: but I, can't, I don't think we, I don't think we, you and I can talk about our favorite moments because it's like, so I
2: gotta say as much as I hated the Emmy, some taking some of them down gives you that like sense of achievement, especially that blue one that I spoke about, mm-hmm. but I really think it's the very end of the game that is my favorite moment in that. And I'm, I'm sure that's not the same for you, Max. I'm sure it's the point that every Metroid fan loves in the middle of that game yeah. where I,
1: yeah, I think no, I I think I mean I was I said earlier I was literally shaking during the end of it. I was like, yeah. this is like everything that we've, you know, it's like it's happening. Like I dreamed of this for years, and it's happening." Um, but yeah, I think there's a point during the middle. Like I'm sure everyone had the same moment where, yeah, it's it's just so Samus. Like it's just so
0: good. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> This is like going to sound like a joke, but uh, I think my favorite moment with the game so far was when I booted it up and I got the Metroid Dread screen and I was like, whoa, these blacks are so black because it's the first game I booted <laughs> up on my OLED Switch. <laughs> you know,
2: that music. I love that music. The two- <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so good.
3: So <laughs> good.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, what about you two? Think... What was your favorite moment?
3: For me... I will say thus far, uh, in order for people to know what sequence this is, I'll say Nintendo spoiled it. Um, they'll know exactly what boss I'm talking about. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just really, really enjoyed it. I just really liked that whole sequence. At one point, because ugh, probably after ter- my 10th attempt or so, I was feeling it. I was just like, oh, man. I understand my powers so well and know how to approach this boss so well. Mm-hmm. I think just that feeling—that feeling of power—it was good.
0: Very nice, uh, Chewy. While I read number three, your camera's all blurry. Give it a—give it one of those hand—hand hand guys, hand jives. There you go. You got it. You're nailing it. All right. It. Number three. What was this your first Metroid game or one of your first Metroid games? And if so, did the game make you want to play any of the older games? Uh, Max, why don't you start? Was this your first Metroid game? (laughs) Absolutely not. However,
2: this is a great question that I feel like all of you should answer. Uh, No, for me. Like, I did play um, some of Samus Returns on my dad's Game Boy Pocket years ago and had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I just kept spinning into a ball and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And so... Uh, didn't play much more of that and i started metroid fusion earlier this year in kind of anticipation of wanting to see if i wanted to check out dread and i was like very down on the story at the beginning and i was like this sucks what's this orange shit seeping out of a suit i was like this is terrible and you see the same b- beginning of fusion at the beginning of dread and i was just like no i kind of like this now i was like this looks, <laughs> i don't know Kind of gelled for me, but I'm going back and I'm going to play, um, I'm pro- I'm probably going to play Fusion, which I'm sure we we'll would be happy about. Number four, question
0: for Steve. First. Metroid Fusion stream when? We'll see. We shall see. It's going to happen. Um, I yeah, th- I'll say this, stream Steve. If, if you do start streaming Metroid Fusion, I think we should have Max be... Your co-pilot I'll, on that I'll co-pilot. he could he could no, I'll, I'll midwife you game. through that experience I know, backseat
1: game. it'll be so frustrating because i like i'll know exactly the spot you need to drop a bomb and steve would be like don't you know, Do you know what i'm stuck how am i i'm soft locked and i'll go no you're not, no, no,
3: you're
1: not. <laughs> 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 you're just... wouldn't
0: even know what that um was. that's what steve needs a... though you know like with ocarina okay. of time that's all i'm doing really it's just like you know that's you right. got it buddy you got it one more time <laughs> yeah you know oh, what max absolutely. we're not afraid like, we're not afraid to whip
2: out a guide either because we played through Link's Awakening. That temple with the stupid big ball that we were carrying around, we were checking oh, yeah. the guide oh, every few seconds. for that That was thing. the first time it I looked ridiculous. at a guide in that,
0: it, when I did my own playthrough of it. And when we got when I saw that that was where you were in the game, I was like, all right, fuck this. Let's get the guide." Like we made like two moves, and I was like, "This this dungeon is insane." Like,
1: <laughs> Steve, did you open a guide at all in in this game? Like for any of the power ups or once?
2: Anything? Yeah. Um. So. I was so confused and I think it's actually bad design. There's something you get that it basically, the gist of it and how I read it was this doesn't work underwater. And I was like, where the fuck am I meant to go? Can't gain height underwater is what it says, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't interpret it as that. That's exactly what it says. My brain read that as, okay, this doesn't work underwater then. can't gain height underwater. There's no point even trying. I'll go floating around. I used my scanner oh, thing. Ooh, I, st- I started bombing the floor. I got stuck in the floor at one point and I was like, how the fuck do I get out of here now? It <laughs> it was a whole thing. So I was like, fuck this. The door's locked on me. Where the hell do I go? So I just opened up a guide, and it was like, jump across this area, and I'm like, that was it? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> it does work in the water then. Sometimes right, it's, the okay. simple,
0: it's the simple explanation. Right? Don't you hate that? Yeah. I, I, I am so guilty of that in video games, and I think that's also one of the reasons that Metroidvanias are sometimes tough for me, is, like, I'll just be like, okay, I must not be able to go forward anymore. Let me turn around and just run in reverse and end up mm. way further back than I needed to be, just because I didn't realize vision, I could jump you? at an angle or something stupid. Yeah, yeah, you, you get know? tunnel vision
1: yeah. where you look at like, it. can't be that, because that's too obvious.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And and the tunnel vision is a good way to put it, because it's like nine times out of ten you just put the game away and come back, and you're like fuck, obviously this is what I was supposed yes. to do. Slide, got it, okay.
2: <laughs> but when it tells you you can't gain height underwater, and it wasn't just me, I've had seasoned metroid fans say that they were stuck as well at this point and just try use it underwater it doesn't be that have
1: to... weak buster shit from me steve <laughs> let me tell you
2: <laughs> so i Max, to... at the beginning of this game i didn't even know you could jump on walls so i came along <laughs> oh along man me too line, all right yeah, and I was like, why the fuck doesn't this j- jump thing work? I can't get any height. And I'm like, I really have to stand perfectly still and jump straight up. So she grabs onto the ledge. I'm like, this is ridiculous. What design is this? I was like, is this making it so during an Emmy thing where it's chasing me, I have to stop dead, jump and grab a thing. And it's like, no, uh, I-, I was I posted my frustrations on Twitter about it. And Nasobi replied and was just like, you just jump on the walls. And I'm like, what the f- He not once told me I could jump on the wall. I I went and did it,
3: and since then, it was just bouncing around everywhere. I ran into that same thing in Super Metroid, where the things I looked up most in Super Metroid were literally like, how do I do this move? And the (laughs) wall jumping in that one is specifically very difficult.
1: Have you seen (laughs) how it's taught to you in in Super Metroid?
3: Um, Yes. I I got to that room, and I was like, oh, I think I know there's something I have to learn here that will mm-hmm. let me jump on the walls. And then the I was still couldn't it? figure Absolutely. it out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look up a guide and have somebody explain it to me with words. I, I <laughs> love
1: seeing like people discover that for the first time. There was a guy who, like, you he, he fall down, and he's like, oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? He's like, oh, hello, my friend. There was, like, a little, the little monkey, like, jumping. And he makes the noise of, like, the item collection noise. He's like, oh, 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 And then the monkey starts wall jumping. And he's like, do I just why wall jump and then he does the wall jump he's like oh the monkey taught me how to wall jump and then there's another one where like the the bird teaches you how to shine spark and he's like i've just learned a new move that i could already do and the, the the bird has taught me how to do it how cool that's very cool yeah.
0: it, it is like fun to see how um older games like that had to think how to teach you things because you know there's like a finite amount of ways that they can actually communicate with you um mm-hmm. it yeah, is no, in put like, it in seriously. the book
1: mate put it in the booklet
0: <laughs> yeah right
2: <laughs> Now it just is game. like here, you've just got a new power up. Here's a big pop up. Read this whole wall of text and it'll it an explain how that do shows it shows you how do it works. So Ben my <laughs> mate Ben was playing
1: uh, Circle of the Moon for the first time the the Castlevania GBA collection and he was like why don't you tell me this is a roguelike i keep dying and go back to the start and i was like ben just save the game at the save room he's like what are the save rooms and how do i save and he was like no one told me how to press up in this random room and i was like didn't you read the booklet
0: ben why didn't you read the, <laughs> booklet that comes in the box? <laughs> oh that's so frustrating that's funny he didn't tell me it was a roguelike <laughs> every game's a roguelike yeah. if you don't save you know <laughs>
3: You know what? I remember buying games as a kid, and the drive home I would just be opening them up, opening them up, looking through the whole manual, and, and I'm like I'm so play- ready to play mm. this smelling everything, yeah, for sure
0: <laughs> so uh chewy, um I know you I know this wasn't your first metroid game, but did did you do you feel like you want to go back and explore some of the older ones now?
3: um, I think I'd wanted to since playing super Metroid um. I don't know when I will is the only question, but I do think I want to. Yeah. And I'll also say like, I was pretty surprised when Steve was like, I'm not into the story. Because, like, Super Metroid, I turned on and I was like, immediately, I was like, I'm invested in this. I really care about what's happening <laughs> in I mean, the story. I'll, I I'll, I'll throw
0: Steve under I the bus on, like, on this Dana. one. Steve is very, very good at not reading text and then complaining that he doesn't understand the no, story. No, I read,
2: the, oh, no, honestly, I read the text and it was like, it the problem is it's number four and it's telling me the X and she's had a vaccine and it's done this and it's done that and I'm like I don't care about any of this because I'm just coming right. in to play the game. Obviously no, that's and the I problem. Don't know you don't any care. Stuff.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> you don't pay attention. Like, I was
2: like Oh, okay. So how imaginative are these these enemy names? They're just called the X. Like this is so lame. This is like Destiny you
1: only got so level. Many characters, the, light, Steve. the dark. <laughs> you know, two thousand two, yeah,
0: man. <laughs> It's 2002. They didn't have names then, Steve. They didn't have names for things, man. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> it's just funny to me because that's exactly how this game starts. It's exactly yeah. the same, where it's like, it's the there's same a bunch of proper nouns. Do you know what these Do things you know are? It doesn't matter. matter. You'll learn later.
2: Another thing I learned from this game, Samus is a bounty hunter. But yeah, she Ray from the community told me, not really what you think it means and apparently at retro studios they confirmed because they wanted to make samus like go and hunt people in the prime games and nintendo was just like no no no, she doesn't hunt people she's a hero why would she be going hunt people for money and uh, they just thought that bounty hunter meant really cool space person and so samus is a bounty hunter but she's not really she's just a really cool space person and i just i love that story (laughs) it's so funny they actually
1: uh, make a reference to it where they they say that the price of going to ZDR was at the beginning of the game isn't worth the bounty. Um, So I think they just retconned it to mean instead of it being you go and collect a person and bring them back, it's actually just go and do something someone else doesn't want someone else can't do and we'll give you money for it that's what bounty, bounty yeah. means anything that isn't uh, yeah, something, anything something we she's, don't want to do she's like
0: a soldier of fortune but
1: like yeah, just doesn't exactly. hunt
0: people like you know it would be better if they called her like a mercenary like that yeah, would be yeah, more yeah, spitting but hunter. that sounds more like a bad guy though like no like who, uh, what good guy is a mercenary right like yeah,
1: it's true when um, You mentioned a minute ago about booklets, uh, like getting game booklets and stuff. I, um, When I first got uh, Metroid Fusion, my first Metroid game, I picked it up. You know, I went to a game shop uh, and I was told I could pick anything I wanted. My brother picked Tiger Tasmanian Tiger on PS2 and I picked... Uh, I, like, oh, I recognised that character from Smash Bros. so I picked up the game. And I remember being in the car coming back and flipping through the booklet and in the art book... It's got all of the original art from the. the oh, booklet. that's really cool! So, so I remember so cool. seeing like all of the things, like oh, so you can do this to grab a wall, you can do this to um, you can like you know all, all the different things you can do. And it's got all of the art in here that was in the um, the art book. Like oh, here's some examples of bosses that you kill. and, Like there's Ceres, and there's that and there's that. And I, I, when I was looking through this earlier, I was like, oh my god, this is all the art. This is this is exactly it. How do you
2: feel about the the new suit designs? Because I know they some people are a little bit down on them, or they think they looking a bit goofy compared to some of the old classic suits.
1: It really grew on me. Like the the I can when I first saw it, I was like white on blue. I was like, I oh, don't really get it. But the more I've looked at it, and then you see you know the various suit, you see the gravity suit, and you sort of think about okay, this is their um, oh this is their power suit from Samus Returns, if that became a fusion suit and then was like starting to regrow it would look like this. So you know the more I you know, it grew on me. Um but I think the gravity suit looks incredible in this. Um
2: So is the uh, suit part of Samus? She's not like inside the suit?
1: Yeah, it's like it's like it's it's a mixture of both. It's like not only it's part of her but also it's a physical object. But in mother Realm she can like phase it on and off whenever she wants and they use it in really ridiculous story ways but in prime it's like a physical suit that she takes on and off i don't know it's quite it sort of changes a lot um but yeah it's basically like because it's a chozo suit she had to have chozo dna in order to wear it and use it so it's sort of like attached to her in a way which is why fusion happens
0: i have a question about the chozo yeah. Are they gone? Like do they not exist anymore? Is is the fact Basically, that she found a Chozo on this planet like a big reveal because they're like extinct or whatever?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They've been extinct for yeah, for like for, for a long time. But so was she raised, raised by her, them? Yeah, she was raised by them as a kid, okay. but like the last of them, supposedly. And in, in all through the Prime games you're like in ancient Chozo civilizations. All the Chozo have gone by this point. In in Prime, most of the Chozo like um worked out that they could um, Enlightened themselves into like a different plane of existence and they all became like thought and energy and they just left all their bodies behind. Okay. And they were like these benevolent, like, you know, these like thinking people, which is why in this game they're being a Chozo that's just like an absolute wreckhead and loves. Not wreckhead, he doesn't. He's not a. You know. Max, have you ever seen the TV series Stargate? I. My mate actually messaged me
2: and was like, looks like the person making that Metroid game has seen Stargate. Honestly, the <laughs> whole fucking thing. The ho- Like, the save rings, the Egyptian stuff, uh, some oh, of the right. enemies legit just look like yeah. they're straight out of Stargate. You go to the underwater area, there is a Stargate in the background. Oh, really? And I was like, you can see it. There's, like, an area, it's got, like, a big, like, tanker dude at the bottom, and mm-hmm. there's just, like, a ring, and it's filled with water.
1: It's, it's interesting, because all of the old Metroid games are inspired by Alien films, so... If you look at like one of the Metro games, like I think Metroid Two is whatever the Alien film is, where she goes and fights all the all the Alien, goes to the Xenomorph like Homeworld and she kills the Queen. That's Metroid Two. When she becomes part Xenomorph in, in an Alien Alien Four, is it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's resurrection. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Metroid. That's Metroid Fusion. Um, so like they are very much uh, Ridley, the the dragon, the the boss is named after Ridley Scott. So they all the all the okay. old Metro games are actually based on or are you know. Heavily inspired by the alien movies. So it could just be that this one, with this specific one, they've decided, okay, let's go Stargate instead. they obviously
2: seen a connection. The entire time I was like, why is all this like Egyptian stuff, but it's like aliens? Because that was the whole thing with Stargate. Yeah. It was like the pyramids are where they landed their spaceships and that was like the landing zone for them. And the I mean, where everything was Egyptian themed. And the Gua Wald were like all named after like Egyptians, like the Ra and all of that stuff. So. I got it so inspired, many Stargate cause... vibes. I loved it. I think maybe that's why it clicked because Stargate is my favorite sci-fi series oh, of all it? time. Well, we go. Yeah, Zero
1: Mission. I remember Zero Mission is when they really started leaning really heavily on the Egyptian stuff. Because in in prime, they do have a lot of that, you know, this stuff. But a lot of it's more, um, you know, they're just these massive statues. They're these birds. But in in they start doing the hieroglyphic stuff and the the headdresses and stuff in Zero Mission which was 2005, and Stargate's a long time before that, so it could be that they were just like, I like this, <laughs> let's do this.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know what they say uh, about um, the best artist steal, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, this, this next question, uh, is, is an interesting one. This one comes from Trendy Brandy, another one of our Patreon supporters who wrote in and said, with how useful Switch custom controller profiles are, do you think criticism for uncustomizable controls towards games that release on Switch hold merit? I've seen this in a couple Metroid Dread reviews, and I can't help but wonder if the reviewer was unaware of the feature or if they're future proofing their review for when it ends up ported to a potentially less accessible Nintendo console in the future. I'm an able-bodied gamer, so so take my take with a pinch of salt. But I don't think the game is presently less accessible because you need to press home the home button and navigate to the switch's settings to change your control scheme. Obviously, this doesn't account for features that don't exist, like twin stick shooting or other accessibility options. Shout out to Sony's accessibility features, but just something I felt wasn't exactly warranted critique. Interested to hear your thoughts, Trendy Brendy. So, um, I'll I'll start. Um, I have a couple thoughts on this. The the um the switch like control custom control profiles I think that that's fine it's like it, it's it's not not a an answer or a solution but I don't think that that's a a feature that is like talked about or or directed to um at all right in like any Nintendo game so if you're in in a non able bodied gamer and you're not um you like a fucking dork like us. Who and when I say us, like us on this show, or those of you who listen, who are we eat, sleep, and breathe video games, and we're aware of these these options. Um, that's really not. I don't think that that's uh, an answer, right? You look, you see more and more with. Um, I wouldn't say just AAA games, but probably mostly AAA games, considering they generally have a bigger budget um that accessibility features are front and center you'll start the game it'll be like hey do you need any of these right Mm -hmm. um that's in my opinion that should be the default because if you're an able-bodied gamer and you don't need any of those things it's as easy as pressing b and being like no no i'm good default controls are fine and that's one second for you Mm -hmm. uh whereas if if you are a a non-able-bodied gamer Um, And you do have to go navigate to a special menu and make all those things. You might not be able to do that. Like, you might have a physical limitation that makes that impossible or difficult, right? And I don't want uh, a non-able-bodied gamer... To have to jump into Metroid Dread and then look that information up and then take, you know, 20, 30 minutes, maybe more, depending on, on what your physical limitations are, uh, to set up a custom profile before you can start playing the game, right? No, um, not,
2: and not to mention, like, in the beginning of the game, you don't know any of this stuff exactly. that you're going to unlock, right? You don't get it into, you don't get it all until, like, you're six no. hours into the game. You, start, right. you can so, set up
1: a custom profile, then all of a sudden it's like, hold down three buttons at once to fire your grapple beam, and you're like oh, okay, which three buttons can I press at once that don't also interfere with the other buttons that I can press? Exactly. Um,
0: it's not really a solution. You know, there there are a lot, like, I think that's the thing with accessibility is that everybody's limitations are different. Um, it's not as simple as having a catch-all, like, let me set up a custom profile and then every game I, I jump into just works for me, right? It's it's not that simple. And, and you know, um, Brandy, I don't think you're saying it is, right? You said... Take it with a grain of salt. What do you think? That's what I think. I think the onus should be on us, the able-bodied gamer, to be like, I'm good. I don't need any of this. Let me move on. Um, For us, it'll take seconds.
2: Stuff that's like common in other games now, like press once to like toggle instead of having to hold you know imagine if you could just press the left left button and it goes into aim mode and then you press it again to get back out because you might not necessarily be able to hold down a button for a long period of time things like that Mm -hmm. that should be options in here but you know it's I got what I expected as a Nintendo game they don't add any accessibility features in I even think that there should be an easy mode to make this more accessible I, I don't see why there wouldn't be why there couldn't be I I genuinely think that as much as I had a great time defeating these hard bosses, I I would love to see anyone that wants to play this game play it. I think we talk about it a lot. Celeste did this so well. It's like we designed this game with this to be it, with the intention of this being hard. But if you need to turn on any number of these like things to make it easier for you, then go ahead and do it because we want you to be able to experience the game. Um, I'm also curious to hear from someone who suffers with colorblindness, because that was another thing that I kind of thought maybe would be an issue throughout the game, like those doors with the different, yeah. like, dome, colored domes over them. Or, like, I'm sure that-,
1: that you can pause the game and hover over it and it tells you what the item is, yeah. it's a wave beam, but that's not, you know, that's not a solution. Okay, i hit this door, You pause the game, zoom in, hover over it. That's not...
0: Yeah, it's like, that's, idea. it's just it's adding a layer of barrier to those players, right? Like when it's like, oh, the charge beam doors are, are are slightly more orange than the regular beam doors, right? It's like, okay, like if I'm colorblind and I can't see yellow, like that means nothing, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. It, it could easily become something that is a barrier for you in terms of just having a, a normal f- like flow through the game, you know?
3: Yeah, do they have, I don't think they have separate, symbols to that i think they have separate symbols to them right so that's the, the like of... charge
2: beam and the the normal beam doors don't the charge beam ones are just slightly darker yellow oh
3: yeah okay some those are them, just like circles right yeah
2: some yeah. of them as you progress throughout the game there's like domes that go over the door and mm-hmm. some of them have like slightly different patterns um mm-hmm. so there's one you'll have to hit with a missile that's like red with
0: like a, a pattern over the top So if you see here, uh, you probably can't really see on my screen, but either way, okay, so it is the same symbol, and the charge one is just thicker, like it's bold, basically. Okay. Um, ah, It's not, if if you have a visual impairment, like, I don't know, like... It's quite a quick, it's quite a fast-paced game as well, so you're going to
1: hit... You're gonna hit a door, shoot it, and go. Oh, hang on, this isn't working. It might take you a little while to go. Okay, oh, hey, maybe I need, maybe I need to press pause and see what the issue is. Because you're not mm-hmm. gonna to want to go into the end. You're gonna to want to be like, okay, let me try everything in my arsenal to open this door. Nothing's gonna work, right? Because you, yeah. you don't know that it doesn't work
3: yet. Yeah. And as far as like reviews go, and like pointing that stuff out, honestly, I'm I lean on the side that I'm like for it because if Nintendo starts getting hit with these things. I think it's the only way they're really going to start taking it seriously in any way. Like right now, they don't do anything toward accessibility. And uh, I mean, that's that's just a big bummer. There's so many companies out there that are so focused on that and making games be playable for as many people as possible. And Nintendo, I mean, I feel like just fundamentally should be doing the same thing. Like, don't you want your games to be playable by as many people as possible?
0: Yeah, so. absolutely, and and I think like yeah. the other two console manufacturers do a much better job, right? Like Xbox, I think mm-hmm. does a really good job on the hardware side of things, right? Like they they created the accessibility controller, and that was a huge huge mm-hmm. win for the accessibility community. Um, and you know, uh, in the in the question from Brendy, um, you know. Uh, he called out uh, Sony's efforts and, like, you know, looking at like what Naughty Dog with did with The Last of Us Part Two, which is like probably the best set of accessibility features in any video game ever made. You know, um, to look at what Nintendo does, um, which is like literally nothing. Nine times out of t- nine point five times out of ten, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's embarrassing, and and I think it it it's it, broadcast a message that they say we do not care about disabled people like we do not care about making our games more accessible for people who have disabilities period um i can't think of any nintendo game that has has that as well like, no, like no. An and i say 9.5 because no. maybe there's one that i'm not thinking of but i i really don't think there is um
3: there's basically colorblind mode in splatoon right yeah that's the okay only that's one I can think so there's that.
0: one that's good but yeah you know that's also one mode in a in a game where you you know you pretty
1: much have to use the motion controls as well. You know, Isn't yes, great?
3: please use motion controls in Splatoon.
1: Should just perk up? I'm honestly,
0: <laughs>
2: I, I'm honestly surprised at this point that they haven't been hit with some kind of lawsuit. Like it's it's got to be against some kind of like disabilities act or something to not have no. these accessible to people it's it's not if it isn't i think it's going to get to the point where it needs to be legislated because like why isn't it accessible to everyone
0: i mean i think i think the answer with that is the i think the only legal argument you can make for for requiring accessibility is for things that are like
2: you know like a bank or something
0: yeah like you need to have a, a ramp right you need to have a wheelchair ramp or something like that or like you know you you need to have um like certain like certain websites need to have uh like the ability for someone who's vision impaired to like have the text read right like there's certain things like that that you need to do depending on what service you provide but like video games are not an essential service nobody needs to play video games right so like you can make a legal defense for yourself that whatever like we don't have to do that but i think to the point that um i think it was steve who made or no it was chewy who made that like it's the public pressure that's really going to do something. It's going to be people being yeah. like, well, we won't buy this game then. Or that every review is like, wow, look how behind the time Nintendo is on this. They don't care about making their games accessible. That's what's going to make them actually do something is bad press. But
1: even then, for everyone that says that, there's going to be 10 people that are going to say games aren't for everyone. It's the difficulty crowd. It's like... Why should why should you make a game easier? You know, play a different game. You should don't have to play this game if it's too hard for you. But you know, yeah, we saw the same thing. Yeah, same exactly.
2: thing happened again with this this uh, game, right? With Metroid, it was yeah. the same thing that happened with Demon Souls and Dark yeah. Souls and all yeah. of those kind of games. It's, Sekiro. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, if you think this game's too hard, just don't play it. And I genuinely do not understand that mentality. Like, why, uh, why are you so against having an option to, like, make it easier?
0: I'll explain it, Steve. It's gatekeeping. That's why. It's because I can feel superior to someone if I'm good at a game and they're not. And I'm going to say this to you right here and now. If that's how you feel, that's a really profoundly selfish way to look at the world. That's it. You know, um, it's not about you right like video games are art they're meant to be enjoyed and shared and anything that you can do to make that an option for more people is a good thing in my book right like that's what you should be doing um and i want to make it clear again uh we're responding to brendy's question i don't believe that that's what brendy is saying at all um Mm -hmm. you know i think it's 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 a reasonable question and i think the fact that you know, it's such a dynamic issue, is why Nintendo needs to be more proactive about it. There needs to be solutions, They, need, and, they and they probably need to, you know, and not even probably, I'll say it, they need to bring in actual disabled gamers to consult on the game, and be like, what are the things you need? Like, what are the things that large percentages of players need to make games more accessible? And then how can we make it so we implement those things moving forward? It's as simple as that. Sony's doing it, and they're starting to do it across all their titles. So... Go with the program on that one. So let's ask our last question here about Metroid Dread. Uh, This was, uh, I'll take the pin out now, Asobi. All right. This is number one on your list, but it also came in from Justin Stanley. Uh, Asobi wrote in and said, did you feel the game is worth the price? Why yes or why no? Justin Stanley wrote in on Twitter and said, is the game worth the $80 Canadian that they ask for it here?
1: Unfair for me to comment on this as I found, I've found in waiting for, this for so long. However, I do think that in terms of like paying £60 for a 2D game, I think that there is a level of production here. You know, there is still, um, you know, like we said before about the the presentation and the and the visuals and the effort they've put into it. I do think £60 for any game is quite expensive. And I know there's a whole debate there about how much game should cost. And I think £70 for like PS5 games, I think, is, is a, you know, extortionate. Um, this think... one's
2: this one's fifty here, right? It's oh, one, of the, it? oh, one okay. of the cheaper ones. It's not well, it the same tier as... as you got it from Currys. Oh, I'm no, That's, that's where I got it from.
1: Eighty eighty <laughs> quid for a still book and a still book and a, an art book. But um, yeah, I I personally think that because I know I'm going to play this game, you know, I'm not going to play this game once in the ten hours it took me to 100 percent it, and then that's be really done. I'm going to play this to speed run it to try and sequence break it to try and get all the endings. I'm going to keep playing this game over and over again. Because it's that's part of the fun is learning it and becoming better at it, um, but people would look at it as a oh it's a 2D seven hour game and it's not worth the money. However, I do think there's more to it than that personally.
2: It's way more than seven hours. Like you go back through if you want to like hundred percent this game, and you and if you're not very good at these kind of games like me, you'll spend a very long time in it. Um, that said, I spent twenty seven pounds on this game. Like I did get it for the pricing error that Max um spoke about. Uh, I think I would have probably spent 40 to 50 pounds for this. There's retailing in a box for like 40 quid at Argos in the UK now. Um, about 40 to 50 pounds I think is is probably where my limit is, which I think is $80 Canadian after the exchange rate. It's about 50, 50 pounds when I checked. Um, I have... I would have had reservations going in, having never played a Metroid game, and I think it's a very big ask to say present this is a 2d game and then you find out it's seven hours and then they want 60 dollars. so i can understand why people have reservations about it Mm -hmm. but i will say this is one of only three games this year that really grabbed me and i didn't stop thinking about and did not stop playing i played this solidly over three days and it's firmly on my game of the year list he doesn't play games like like
0: like you never play games I, that way no
2: i know no i never ever play games like that um i think it's firmly on my game of the year, so it may even be my game of the year um oh, and i okay. genuinely think it is worth the price you should play this game
1: would you pay yeah. 80 pounds for a collector's edition steve
2: yeah, probably.
1: In retrospect, yeah, I've, got, I've got I've got a spare. If you want to buy off,
3: <laughs> what a chill. And you guys get way better collectors' versions than us. I think you got both oh, the yeah, steel box and the regular box, yeah, it's right? Awesome. Yeah,
2: you didn't you didn't get the cool one in the, you sell it to an American on our Discord. What did you get? Like what did,
3: what did uh, well, I like, I got it digitally personally, oh, okay. but um, I know here I think it just came with the steel box. Oh, okay. It didn't come with like the regular one as well. Um, but that said, I, I have a good answer for this one because I did go back and forth on it a little bit. I think initially I pre-ordered and then it was before Nint- – nowadays Nintendo does their pre-orders. They don't charge you until a week before the game comes out. So then you're charged and then you like have it. There's no turning back, right? So I pre-ordered it and then I was like, oh, you know what? I'll think about it a little bit more. So I canceled it for a little while. And then as it got closer to release, I was like – I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a really fun game. And so I decided, you know what, let's pre-order it. And that was probably like half a week before. I think it was probably the Monday before release that I was like, all right, I'll 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 get it. So that at that point, it's like, okay, my money's there. Like, it's gone. And I'll say, like, since starting to play it, I have not for a second doubted that it was worth the 60 bucks that I paid. I've mm-hmm. just been having fun with it. I think even if I played through and beat it once and then, you know, just like never turned it on again, maybe years down the line, I played again. I think just the experience I've gotten so far from it, I'm just like, yes, this is worth it. A hundred percent.
0: So I, I in general, um, really do not appreciate the conversation around um how much games should cost being tied to their length um the idea that this game is seven hours and that means it can't be worth sixty dollars i think is a really really damaging mentality um for the health of video games as as an artistic medium i think um no one can tell you whether a game is worth what it costs but you um, because what I think might be worth $60, you might disagree with. I had a very similar conversation around this with like Life is Strange True Colors earlier this year, where there was a lot of debate of, over whether or not that game should have been $60. Um, and I think for me, uh, I am willing to spend money for a game that I want to see more of, right? I like the idea of Nintendo putting uh, a 2D you know, um, triple a experience out at that price point and having it have a massive marketing machine behind it and having it be the game that they're pushing on the OLED switch, which is the new, you know, their new, uh, hardware SKU. I think that's, that's a win, um, for that genre and that kind of game. And the idea that a 2d game can't be worth $60 is bullshit. Um, frankly. And, you know, I haven't played enough of the game to, to say if I feel like it was worth that investment. Um, but I think that's, That's the thing, right? You need to make that decision for yourself. For someone like Max, who loves this genre, who loves this franchise, who has been waiting for this and wants to see more of it, I would hope that you would go out and show your support for that, right? Because that's how you're going to get more of it. And, you know, uh, I I think that, you know, we we can debate all day about how much games cost. I know that I, I come from a privileged position of having expendable income and being able to justify buying games when I want to buy games, right? I know that that's not the truth for everybody and you might need to be more choosy about what games you, you buy or, and how you buy them and whether you wait for sales and there's nothing wrong with that either, right? You don't need to buy a game when it first comes out. You don't need to buy a game at full price. You have a lot of options to shop around and you know um, maybe not as easy with a Nintendo title, right? But- Yeah you know this one's not going down for years probably not right but i think at the end of the day right like we as consumers need to put our money where our mouth is if you believe in a product if you want to see more of that product then go out and spend your money on it and if you don't don't and it's that simple you don't need to turn it into a a moralistic argument about how much video games should or shouldn't cost right because the, the reality is games cost more and more to develop and market over time. And they have, and we haven't seen a price increase in multiple generations, in most markets, at least in the States. The cost of video games has been the same since I was a teenager, or younger even. And that's not sustainable either. So, you know, it's okay to to be a savvy consumer and, and you know, um, decide you don't want to spend $60 on a game, but, you know, I don't think it's right for people to look at a genre or a style of game and be like this can't be worth x amount of money right um it's i'd rather have the- a memorable short experience than a bloated long one
1: interesting that the conversation is always oh is a 10-hour game worth 60 pounds not breath of the a 100 hours this should be worth 100 pounds you know there's it's exactly other way. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: or the witcher right i don't even like the witcher yeah. but the witcher 3 has uh, two like over two hundred hours of gameplay and two huge like game length expansions that were released for free, right? And it's a tenor regularly. <laughs> like that game should not have cost sixty dollars when it came out. It shouldn't, and that's an unpopular opinion. It, Nobody
2: launch because like I know it had a lot of problems. It was like sure teetering on like cyberpunk level at launch. I mean I I don't know. That's a whole different conversation. I will say though I don't know what Justin's like point with the question was like maybe he's just asking like is it a good game and we've taken it down the rabbit hole of is it a 2d yeah. game is it like is it because of the time like is this why you're asking um but like i said i think this 100 was worth it but i did also kind of pose the question because there was a kataku article that we're going to talk about on um flip screen games podcast next week um Flown around about piracy. But my thought wait, kind of reminded me of going to video game rental stores when I was a kid. And that was like how we found new video games and things. Uh, and how they've just like gone by the wayside now. And how cool it would be if that still existed. Because you don't then have to drop $60 on a game there and then. You can make that decision after you've rented the game for a weekend or for a day or whatever you want to do. And if you finish it in that time then fine um but someone said someone replied i can't remember who it was and said what they do is if they're not sure about a game is they'll buy it and they'll play it for a little bit and if they don't like it they go trade it in Hmm. and then they kind of feel like yeah maybe i've lost five to ten pounds on it but at least then it's sort of like they see it as like a modern day rental. rental you can kind of recuperate your costs back
1: it is a shame that as soon as you buy a game and open it, that is now no longer... Even if you don't put it in, as soon as you open that case, it's not worth the same amount. You broke it in the
2: seal. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's something about that seal that suddenly makes it... suddenly worth 20 quid, and it's ridiculous. You can get a game, play it, and be like, well, great, now I have this game that I don't like. And I think that's a lot of the time why reviews are so important in games, more so than anywhere else. If a film's shit and you go and pay a tenner to go and see a film, you go, well, that was a bit shit. If a game's shit and you pay 60 quid for it, you then got to suck up that that cost... Because it's probably not worth trading in. What are you going to get for it? You can't return it.
0: Yeah. Well, and for some gamers, right? Like if you, like you said, right? If you have a limited budget and you buy a game that you didn't like, you're like, ah, shit. Like, (laughs) I gotta wait until I can afford another one. You know. Um. And and that's you know, not to say that I don't have uh, empathy for that, right? Like that's that's a shit position. But I think that to your point, Max, right? Like that's why we have reviews. That's why we have an entire industry built around people playing and talking about games, right? And ideally, you find folks whose tastes line up with yours and you know you ideally try to trust their opinion you know mm-hmm. um i think that's mm-hmm.
3: that's the best thing you can do all right yeah, so or just try it on game pass <laughs> exactly. yeah
0: just try metroid on game pass <laughs> <laughs> can
1: i make one last point about metroid before we move on to the yeah other
0: absolutely ones? absolutely
1: so there's something i don't know if you thought the same steve but maybe not because you haven't played metroid prime but as i was playing the game and i spoke to Ewan from game when he said i literally cut that what you just said out of my review for for word count reasons when I'm running around and there's these detailed environments, and there's these like you know, there's like a hologram of a ship in the background, or there's like a a giant creature in the background, or there's a statue. I wish that I could Metro Prime Style just scan it, get a bit of law that I can read, and then I can just uh, in, uh, you know yeah, at my leisure cool. just go through and read. Here's a bit of history because the the world is dense with stuff, and there's obviously a lot of law going on with, you know, we're in the last sort of basically the last chozo civilization right now, and there's all this stuff, and there's all this. You know, there's always different areas where there's clearly been experimentation happening, where there's clearly been like destruction happening, or you know, all these different things. Yeah. And I just want to know more. And having reached the end of the game and knowing that that's not coming, um, it is sort of, if I was to sort of say something would pad this game out and make it more for me, and would probably, I've I'm, I'm given it a nine in my head. Um, if I was going to pop it up to that 10, it would be give me the, the Metro Prime style scanning that lets me just learn everything I want to learn about the game. I mean, that
2: would be cool. or well, because you don't really, or even like if you found some, like, I don't know, some text around the place, like a mm-hmm. book or, a, mm-hmm. you know, a stone tablet or something. I don't know. Like I, I made the, the point on Twitter and it was b- before I knew about the lore of the game, which was, it's mighty convenient that someone's left all these suits lying around that just happened to perfectly fit Samus. And and I just... I, I
0: know that that's not not the case. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, on this
2: random...
1: Just a new suit every time. Is that how you...
0: Real, real convenient that this Mario guy gets huge when he eats these mushrooms, <laughs> huh? Real convenient. <laughs> right, but though, she's like allegedly, you know,
2: I, I guess she's like in a similar universe to ours and like she goes to this planet that she's never been to before where there's no civilization and there's this one X that we're trying to find and this, that, and the other. And then... Um, all of a sudden, you're you're going around the place, and all of these power ups happen to work with your suit. And then you find a couple of other suits, and they just fit perfectly. And like no one questions that whatsoever. That's absolutely totally hey, fine. Play
1: Zero Mission. That will actually <laughs> that you will it will answer that question for you. If you play Zero Mission, there is bits in that game where you pick up an item, and it's like this doesn't work with your suit. But okay, I'll just hold on to it anyway. And that oh, okay, that's
2: okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I might have yeah, to
0: play yeah, that one. You got to actually learn the story before you criticize it, Steve. Yeah, 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 you should. There's yeah.
2: no, but there's no explanation as to why the suit fits. The only explanation I got from people was it's because she's part, part Chozo or something. I don't. Fucking and what, know. Like, what you think Chozo it's that cr- Have
0: you? Oh, right, I forgot. Never mind, never mind. I was about to say, have you not seen Iron Man? But you haven't. So think about it like the Iron Man suit, right? Like it'll it'll fit to her body because it's high tech. It's not, uh, like, okay. it's not like it's well, like a tailored suit, you know. Point.
2: I thought it was like, I th- yeah, I thought it was like I'm <laughs> going to the shop. I need to get the suit fit because I can't imagine every, you know, it's Spartan really this in, in Halo. So all of the, this- <laughs> can you imagine like all the Spartan suits in Halo? They all fit everyone else, you know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're all clones. The robot like- suits—they
0: probably do. It's a yeah. robot. <laughs> just
2: adjust. Maybe they're like. uh um uh uh, clones like the what they called stormtroopers yeah they're all the same height there you go and and it's like and you're a little short to be a stormtrooper maybe samus is just a little bit too tall because there's a point where you could see her neck and i was like that suit's not giving much protection and like one of the cutscenes, you could see her neck i was like i want to pull that helmet down a little bit
3: (laughs) (laughs) Samus, rolled hit (laughs)
0: <laughs> she needs some under armor classic American American Horror Story death just
1: one swipe and suddenly the next just piss in blood yeah
3: that's <laughs> how it works it's real right. life okay
0: <laughs> so I I had one more question for you Max um, so that I can I can make this our, our thumbnail uh, for this week do you think this is the best Metroid game right now and I, I know that you probably have to play it a million more times just gut reaction hot off the the do you feel this could be the best Metroid game?
1: I think it's the best 2D Metroid game, yes, because Ooh. because when I think about Super Metroid, which was my personal favourite, it is very stilted and tank-like, and the control scheme isn't as good. This just does all the little things that... All the things that Super Metroid doesn't do as well, this does much better. And also, it has the visual Super Metroid doesn't... Yeah, I think this is probably the best 2D Metroid, but I think that's one, possibly recency bias, and two... Uh, just because it's a modern game you sure. know it, it, I'm sure if they remade Super Metroid to be this modern and it was exactly the same world, same power ups, I might be like, well, that's it that's one All
0: right, you know what I lied. I have one more question. do you think that this game will be uh, a, a kind of um like a coming out party for Metroid in the way that like we've seen some other games get those additions on switch right like you you look at Zelda and Zelda had obviously still had its fans and and it's it's you know legacy, but before Breath of the Wild, it had been a long time since the Zelda game was essential. It was like a game of the year contender. It was, you know, one of the best games of all time, right? Do you think Metroid Dread has hit that bar?
1: I I'm hoping so. I'm hoping this is like I said earlier, the Fire Emblem Awakening moment yes. where the game sells well, the game receives well. Everyone goes, Oh yeah, I do like Metroid and you know, people like Steve who um poo pooed the series before in in a naive way. <laughs> naive steve
2: i apologize i'm very sorry i forgive you and I'm now sorry, look now he's
1: enjoying his favorite game of the year and i think that that this is going to do that for people and i think giving them a, giving the game the push that it has done not sending it out to die uh without a marketing campaign or whatever um putting it at the forefront of their e3 as well for example
2: or, or popping it be... on a dying console like uh, samus returns exactly, you know
1: exactly mm-hmm. so this uh, yeah i think this is exactly what metroid needed And it's going to put so many eyes on Prime 4. And I reckon when Prime 4 does come out and it's got all of the bits that this game doesn't have, like the scanning and the fact that it's in first person, it's going to be even more attractive to people. the people that look at the thread and say, oh, a 2D game, they're going to go, oh, this is a first person game for 60. I can get behind that. All of a sudden, you've got... Can you imagine, though?
2: Like what the arguments and the discussions going to be then? Like, are these two worth the same price? I One's a full
0: 3D. Don't worry, Metroid. Metroid One's Prime will be a 2D side scroller. I bet you Metroid Prime Four is the first game that Nintendo's like, oh, this is seventy dollars now because this yeah, is what video yeah. games yeah. cost. Oh yeah. man!
1: Because it's taking us four years. but hang on. Five years? No, it'll be seven years by then probably to make. Jesus Christ!
2: I don't <laughs> think they're going to do it. I genuinely think it's just Sony going for it. There's only Sony first-party titles there are going for it. I really don't it's think that... Cool. Yeah, and you know what, games, Steve? So. Why
0: don't you go look at the last historical example of the time that the price got raised? Nintendo was very cool, like, oh, our games are forty dollars. We're staying at forty dollars. And then they're like, No, just kidding another fifty. Oh, just kidding another sixty. Um yeah. It happens this way every well, time. See. One person is the first one who doesn't, everyone's like, unbelievable. And then everybody else catches up. I, I will be genuinely like surprised if Nintendo it's doesn't like Apple with the notch.
1: Apple brings out a thousand pound phone with a notch. Next year, all the Android phones have got notches. All the Samsungs are a thousand pounds. That's that's just how it works. Someone someone's got to be like brave enough to do it. Yeah, to see um, how much more blood set, set they the can standards squeeze
0: standards. out of the stone, you know. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I I don't know. Like Nintendo loves to nickel and dime us as much as they can. I will be eminently shocked if their games don't increase in price soon. Yeah, Has I mean, happened? I guess I
2: come from a different perspective because. Like I say, Nintendo's pricing in the UK is so whack. It's like, Metroid Dread's 50 pounds. Zelda Breath of the Wild is 60 pounds. And then such and such is, like, um, Link's Link's Awakening is 50. Luigi's Mansion's, like, 40. It's, like, all over the place. So I really can't figure out their pricing structure whatsoever.
3: I do wonder, though, I don't remember if that price increase happened, like... Mid generation though, or like mid console. I feel like they wait till the next console to raise prices. I believe
0: it was, because I think the uh, I think GameCube games were forty dollars and then they increased in price. I could be wrong about that. Mm. Um or maybe, you think or that maybe part, it was at the beginning of the week.
2: Do, do you think part if it was mid like GameCube, do you think part of that was because the GameCube was a failure as a console, especially when you compare it to the PS2 in terms of sales, and they just needed to make some money.
0: Maybe, but I, I think it comes down to, I think, I believe that publishers charge what they think they can get away with. That's what I think. Agreed. Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, and then it's shocking when, like, Crash Bandicoot Trilogy or Alan Wake, Wake Remaster come out, and they're like 20, 30 quid. Right. And it's like, they can do it if obviously these are remasters, these aren't gonna have the same value, but it's like these develop these you know these publishers can do it, they just choose not to, because if they set a precedent, they're gonna to have to stick to it. And they set the precedent that yes. being these games are this price. Yep.
2: Well, exactly. take two seemingly setting that precedent. I saw that article you retweeted, Max, that the oh, GTA see. trilogy may be seventy dollars <laughs> on PS five.
1: And we don't we're not even sure that they're you
0: know, anything more than just like a little bit touched up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We shall see. Um. So I know I promised we were going to talk about our OLED Switch impressions, but we're, this is already a long episode, so we're going to really, really briefly talk about this, and then maybe like next week when we've had more time with them, we can talk about them more. Chewy, remind me. Did you get one? No. Okay. I did not. We might have to bring Max back on to talk about it with me then. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I, we did get a, a, a piece of reader mail. This one comes, comes from Zade, another one of our Patreon producers, and said, I picked up the Switch OLED, and I believe it's 100% worth the upgrade if you are like me and wanted to make a genuine attempt at playing more in handheld or if you uh, play handheld exclusively. Um, I, my jaw genuinely dropped when I saw that OLED for the first time. Yeah, so I have had very little time with my OLED Switch. Like I said, it showed up on Friday. I was in New York. Um, I've played a few you know hours of it today. Um, I'm really impressed uh, my initial thoughts on the build quality. Um, it's got a little more heft to it. I remember Richard said that the, the weight was was very similar and like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I don't quite agree with that. I think it definitely feels a little bit heavier. Um, but it's it's not not to the point where it's uncomfortable to hold. Uh, the back has a really nice like metallic texture to it, which I like because um, my hands sweat a lot when I play and the metal's like a little bit cooler. Um, so I I'm, I'm digging that. Uh, love the look of the white Joy Cons. Um, the kickstand is great. I think the the speakers are a lot better, um, and even like where you put the games in is so much more convenient and easier to to access and and do like in the dark or something like that, you know. Um, so and and obviously the screen looks incredible. Like I said, the the booting up the Metroid Dread screen and like seeing those true blacks, uh, I was definitely impressed. Definitely impressed. So um i'll have more thoughts on this one next week but uh i i think it was well worth the money and i'm really excited to spend excited to spend more time with it my biggest criticism was what a bitch it was to transfer my data um the the actual get your
2: animal crossing island because it's a separate download tool it's not the same thing right it's like a separate island transfer
0: system is that right i think they fixed that or is it still that way
3: I think you have to download, like, an app that's, like, the transfer Ooh. tool or something.
0: Yeah, it's
2: a s- whole separate thing. It's crazy. Uh,
3: I might have deleted my
0: island then, so that's fun. Oh, um, no. We just lost Max, so uh, uh, g- Godspeed, Max. Thank you for joining us. You can follow him at MaxLWright on Twitter. Um, we'll have it down <laughs> below. He's also over at the Cross Players. Check it out. I have no idea what just happened to him, um, so we won't get his impressions here. But, uh, yeah, the the they don't tell you that you need to do that. Um, you switch everything over to your switch, and then I plugged in my memory card, and it's like, oh, you use this on a different switch. We need to wipe it. And I was like, what? So I put it back oh. in my other switch, and was like, do I can I transfer my? Like, do I have to do anything? And there was no way for me to do it because the account that all my saves and stuff are tied to is now on another switch. So I might have deleted my Animal Crossing Island and my Pokemon save, but we'll see. I guess. Um,
3: I don't know. I kind of wonder if they'll be able to recover it because they do have like backups that are made if you have the switch online you know right Um, my friend
0: my friend mike um didn't do any special transfers and when they opened up uh pokemon sword they said that their save was still there so i'm sure it's okay but whatever if not i guess i'll finally have to restart my animal crossing island if i ever want to
3: play again I hear there's a big update coming out like next month or something. So I've uh, heard, I've heard, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to have some fun with that.
0: Maybe next week we'll uh, have to talk all about some of our predictions for that or something. I don't know, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we, you know, we have the resident Animal Crossing expert tell us what's what, you know. <laughs> anyway thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of Nintendo noise this is a blast thanks again to max for coming and hanging out with us go give him a follow um you know he's a great guy and uh we, we love him thank you for bringing your and your... while he's not here
2: I guess we should plug the fact that he's part of the cross players as I well, did say so go that check them out. but yeah oh, go follow you? the cross players. I will I pop I'll pop a link in the in the show notes and Perfect. in the description so you can find everyone
0: yeah go check them out give them a subscribe um you know they they were they uh Friends of the show, very nice guys. So uh, go give them a go, give them a listen, and um, thank you, Max, for sharing your Metroid expertise with us here this week. This was great. Um, so yeah, if you want to um, write in with your thoughts on any of the stuff that we discussed today, uh, or respond to any of any of our points, you know, remember you can write in all those myriad of ways that I said earlier. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, head to the Discord where we have a thread every week. Write to us at questions at flipscreen.games. Um, and then, you know, check out all our other content. You know, we've got our sister show, Flip Screen Games, where we'll be, uh, talking about piracy, I would imagine, a bit this week, um, as well as a few other things, and, uh, of course, we have our, our weekly Twitch streams, um, we've got the Patreon exclusive stuff, so lots of ways that you can get involved and get more content and, uh, you know, help, help build this community that we're, we're doing here at Flip Screen Games, so, uh, again, we appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Nintendo Noise. Take care, everybody.